Southern Baptist Convention has gone woke, is there any way that we can regain our control within it to begin serving Christ biblically and obeying Him again? We'll talk about that and more in this episode of the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. So the Southern Baptist Convention wrapped up this week. It was held on June 15th and 16th. And though I was not able to attend the conference and the convention in person, um, I did keep up on it quite a bit over the last few days to ensure that I could, uh, well, keep up on what's taking place within within the convention, what's taking place within the Southern Baptist Church. And it was a very disappointing convention this year. Um, I have to admit that the convention three years ago was disappointing when the Southern Baptists did not condemn critical race theory and with the election of J.D. Greer, and it was once again disappointing this time with another refusal to condemn critical race theory, the election of Ed Litton, and the election of Ed Litton. It was very disappointing um, the last two conventions have been. Uh, that being said, uh, the Baptists were at least able, uh, I think, to hold strong on the idea of women in ministry and the idea that w- there is a place for women within ministry, but it is not as it is not in a pastoral or the role of an elder. That is reserved for men. Biblically, it is a role for men. Now, that's not to say that there is not a place for women to serve within ministry and a place for women to be able to serve Christ. There is a place. There is a place. There is a place for every single person to serve within the church. But first, we will just start off with the election of Ed Litton. Ed Litton was elected as the Southern Baptist Convention's president. He beat out Mike Stone. Um, the initial, the, the first round of ballots, none of the four candidates, um, I believe the other two were Al Muller and Randy Adams, neither of them um, were able, well any of them, were able to garner 50% of the vote leading to a runoff, and in the runoff, Ed Litton beat Mike Stone 52 to 48%. Ed Litton is a uh, kind of a small-town pastor out of Mobile, Alabama. He was, I believe he was a part of the First Baptist Church. Mobile, Alabama is what it might have been. Now it's Redemption Church, I do believe. Um... And he is more to the left. Um, and really, it's it's hard to describe him because in all the easy way to describe Ed Litton is if I said he was just a liberal. Is Ed Litton truly a a far progressive Marxist liberal? He is not. Um, but in today's world, with how far liberalism has gone, but how far the left has gone, 
it makes us on the right look so much further right. Ed Litton, I would say, is basically a Democrat. He basically holds Democrat views. Now, with how far the left has taken it and how far liberals have taken the political left, he comes out nowadays on the political spectrum as a moderate. That, I think, I, I think that is a fair and the best way to describe Ed Litton. He is very, um, very focused on race. Um, I mean, everybody hails him for his racial reconciliation. He's been working with Fred Luter, who was elected the SBC president in 2012. From 2012-2014, I do believe, Ed Luter was elected as the SBC president. Um, So the two of them have been doing a lot of stuff over the past few years, um, ever since the shooting involving Michael Brown from Ferguson, Missouri. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame that Mike Stone did not win. It, it is truly a shame. And that's not to say because, and that's not me saying that I don't want racial reconciliation. That's not saying that we shouldn't have, that, that, that we should continue to, to be racist or something. That's not saying that we should embrace the values of the 17th century and go back to being oh, oh, racist. What, the, what I'm saying is that we should be focused more upon the gospel and defending biblical truth and using the gospel and using the Bible to engage in culture, to engage in cultural issues using the Word of God and using the Bible. Ed Litton is not going to do that when it comes to race and race racial reconciliation. He is going to use critical race theory. He is going to use modern-day cultural social justice initiatives in order to engage and to obtain and to achieve his so-called racial reconciliation, rather than using the Word of God using the Gospel. He is going to use critical race theory, social justice initiatives in order to achieve racial reconciliation. That is why I do not support Ed Litton. He is going to take the SBC to the left. And if it's not specifically him, it will be the people that he elects. Because he elects and puts people onto the committees, and he will put progressives on those committees, which will take the church, or at least the convention, to the left. It's truly, truly disappointing. It's truly upsetting. And something something that is interesting... And I, I don't really know how far to comment on it, but something that is interesting is how much interest the New York Times, the Washington Post, CNN, how much interest the left-leaning news agencies, 
how much interest they have taken into this year's Southern Baptist Convention. It is incredible how much interest they have taken into it. How much news coverage and man hours that they've put into covering this. And, of course, all of the articles were celebratory. Uh, the, the left was celebrating that Ed Litton had been elected. Now, and the incredible thing is they would hate Ed Litton. Ed Litton, yes, he does go to the left. He is, in my eyes, a Democrat, and I think that he is wrong in the fact that he is going to embrace ideas like the critical race theory and social justice over the word of God. But at, this, at the end of the day, he, he is a Christian. He does preach the gospel. They hate that. They hate that. They hate the gospel. It is incredible that they're willing to ally themselves almost with him, build him up, and, and praise him as a, a celebratory candidate that they got elected even though they would hate him. Hands down, they would hate him. It's just incredible. Uh, moving on from that, the SBC also, um, the SBC was also voting on the ideas of critical race theory. Um, conservatives, attempted to pass a resolution onto the floor. It was on Tuesday, um, wanting to specifically name critical race theory, to reject it as a theory, to say that it is unbiblical, it is unfounded, and that it has no place within the Southern Baptist Convention. That resolution was struck down by the Committee on Racial Race Equality, whatever name they have for it. That committee struck that resolution down which goes back to my last point concerning Ed Litton, the fact that he has the power to elect people to these committees. You wonder where, where the power is? It is in the committees. Because the committee is the one that struck down the idea, struck down the resolution concerning specifically naming critical race theory and how the SBC wants to reject it. It never even made it to the floor for a vote. For all of the other members, for the 15,000 plus Baptists that came, were unable to vote on that, were unable to vote on specifically naming critical race theory and rejecting it. They were unable to vote on that because of the committees. So that is the kind of power that Ed Litton does hold and the fact that he can put whoever he wants, progressives, on these committees. Uh, but anyway, they... They did pass a resolution, um, I'm not going to read it word for word, but it basically said that they reject, or at least they don't put any theory on race, racial reconciliation, anything like that. They don't put that above the gospel. They believe that racism is rooted in sin. They believe that it is rooted in sin, and that the gospel is the only way to heal and forgive that. Um, which to me was, I mean, that's all right. 
Um, I know that there's been a lot of conservatives that have been really, really outraged at what took place there. To my, myself, that's all right. I mean, it does. I mean, any any theory, we we in that resolution, we are stating that racism is rooted in sin. It's rooted in sin. It comes from sin. It does not come from any kind of systematic racism. It does not come um, from any kind of theory that you can form. It it is rooted, bred. And grown in sin, and in the sin of man, and it it comes from nowhere else. I feel as though I mean that resolution should I mean that covers critical race theory. In my opinion, I read that that covers critical race theory. That covers any other kind of of theory that you want to come up with that exists right now and that might crop up in the future. In my opinion, that just covers the basis. Now, would it be better if we specifically called out critical race theory, condemned critical race theory, and said that we are not for it? Yes. Yes, it would be better if we did that. It would have been better. And in all honesty, I believe that the resolution um, that was struck down um, from the committee should have should have passed or at least it should have went to the floor for a vote should have went to the floor for a vote and the third and final kind of big issue on the docket for this convention was the idea of women in ministry and so <coughs> excuse me the idea of women in ministry and this has been something that has been growing over the past few years in the Southern Baptist Convention is women wanting to be able to serve in the role of pastor, in the in eldership. Back in March, you had Beth Moore, who left the Southern Baptist Convention, claiming that she couldn't um, identify as Southern Baptist anymore. So... I guess to sum it up, <laughs> I'll just sum it up. Uh, nothing happened there. Nothing happened there. There wasn't any resolutions passed concerning uh, women being able to start to serve within the ministry. Men are still the only ones allowed to be able to serve in the role of pastor. Um, now there just has been a lot of there's just been a lot of stuff stirring around that before this, as I previously mentioned. Beth Moore, who decided to leave the Southern Baptist Convention, concerning the idea of women in ministry. Uh, Saddleback Church with Rick Warren just ordained um, three women in the role of pastor and elder at Saddleback Church. Um, Rick Warren, I mean, he was a fake Baptist before this. He had, you know, he had broken away from the convention so much. Um, <laughs> it, it amazes me. And, and one of the only reasons probably that Rick Warren and Saddleback Church have been allowed to stay in the SBC is because they're so large. It's because it's it's a mega church and the SBC is so concerned about numbers. They're so concerned about numbers. They're so concerned about their membership 
um, in attendance numbers that they decide to compromise. They decide to keep Saddleback Church and Rick Warren within the SBC, even though Rick Warren has broken away from SBC rules, guidelines, and doctrine multiple times, even multiple times, even before the he began ordaining women as ministers within his church, but then he ordains women within his church. I don't know how he, well, I guess I do know why he's still there. It's because he brings in numbers. He brings in numbers and he gives money to the kitty. So that's why they keep him in there. It's just disappointing. It's disappointing. Now, um, Lytton, Ed Lytton, the new president, um, he faced some criticism uh, from leaders concerning the idea of women in ministry. I guess if there's one thing that maybe the SBC is still united on, it's that women shouldn't be in ministry. Um, we're willing to elect a Democrat as our president. We're willing to embrace critical race theory over the gospel. But I guess we're at least still on the same page with women in ministry. Uh, Lytton faced controversy. Um, Lytton faced controversy on Tuesday um, after it's after it said that he allowed his wife, Kathy Lytton, to help him teach a sermon series on marriage. Now, uh, Lytton said, My wife is an apt teacher. I felt absolutely free within my convictional status uh, with the Baptist faith and message in the Word of God to invite my wife to come up. She is under my authority as her pastor, and so we did that together. Um... I mean, I guess that's, I don't, I don't, I don't know to, to really criticize this. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know how to feel, and I don't really know how to fall on this idea. Ed Litton is still the pastor. Now, he brought his wife up on stage, and he had his wife, um, I guess almost as, as a second teacher. Now, to, to serve over the church in a Sunday morning, Sunday service fashion might be a little bit inappropriate. Um, I could see that kind of setup being specifically on a Sunday night Bible study. On a special series that maybe you do on a Wednesday night or something like that. To where you invite couples, you invite married people to come up. To come to this study with you and your wife concerning this. That is different. Having having a study is different than just um, having it on a Sunday morning service. So that's where I guess you could draw some criticism there. That's where you can draw some criticism there, and that's maybe where I would criticize it a little bit, is that the idea of that on on a Sunday morning service, maybe that's not the most appropriate setting to do that. Now, Linton is a theological uh, complementarian. The belief that men and women are equal but have distinct roles with women with men, excuse me, leading at home and in the church. He does not think that the Southern Baptist uh, complementarianism should be narrowed. And I would agree. I would agree that that men and women are equal in the sense that they complement each other. They are complementarian. Men do have advantages. And men are better in certain things than women. Women are better in certain things than men. They come together, they complement each other. 
and the I guess leadership qualities of men I believe I believe the men have an advantage in leadership qualities and it's specifically listed in the Bible that men are supposed to be the leaders at home they're supposed to be the leaders within the church so we follow that example men and women are equal in the sense that they are complementarian to each other now when I say that men and women are equal that does not mean that they are equal in everything, that they are equal in attributes. Men are better at certain things. Women are better at certain things. So that's just the highlight of the convention. Um, but why is this happening? Why, why are we taking such a shift to the left? And it took me a few days of thinking about this, especially after the election of Ed Litton of thinking, why are we taking this shift to the left? Why are we even entertaining the idea of putting critical race theory in social constructs made by men above the ideas of the gospel? Why are we even considering this? Why? Why are we even considering this? And I came to the conclusion that it is a lack of fear of God. Men have lost their fear, their reverence, and their respect for God. And even more than that, we've seen it. And I am ready, I am ready to call it out. The ideas of social justice, critical race theory, cancel culture. These ideas are satanic and they are fueled by Satan. They are fueled by Satan. I say that because they have created an irreparable division within this country and say, say this is the work of Satan to divide our country and to divide our culture and he knew that it would eventually divide the church of God and men have seen what has taken place within this country and within this culture they see the fact the world hates God and they hate his words and they hate his commandments and they hate anyone that believes them and that carries them out and that sticks to them. And they will cancel you, they will rip you apart, they will destroy your life and they will take everything from you unless you conform. And man has seen that over the last four or five years. The church has seen that. And they are scared. The leaders in the SBC, these men, are scared. They fear man and they fear the ideas of cancel culture over the fears and the respect for God.
Well, I'm here to tell everybody. I'm here to tell every single one of you. Listen up. It would be wise. It would be very wise of you to reevaluate to reevaluate your priorities and to realize that when you are standing face to face with God, the creator of this universe, his judgment is going to be much worse than anything that man can do to you on this earth. When the Lord looks upon us and a lot of us within the Southern Baptist Convention as ministers, as pastors, as leaders, we are held to an even higher standard. And when God looks at us, when he judges us, when he looks upon everything that we've done in his life, and when he sees that we compromised his words, his commandments, in order to please man, in order to serve man, and, in or and because we feared man more than we feared God. There will be a price to pay. And that, that scares me so much more than anything that the leftists and that the mob can do to me. The disappointment, the idea of disappointment... disobedient the idea of this of I can't I almost can't put it in the words I'm gonna try the idea of disappointing God of being disobedient to God of compromising and giving up his words and commands that scares me so much more than what the mob can do to me so I'm gonna stand on God's word I'm going to stand up for God's word. And I'm not going to compromise on one principle. If that means that I have to abandon the Southern Baptist Convention, then so be it. If that means that I can't even find another denomination, if that means I have to form my own denomination, if that means that I have to form and plant my own church and grow it, then so be it. Because I know that God's blessing will be upon me. I know that God's hand will be over me if I am obedient. God blesses obedience. And he will bless my obedience. He will bless me if I stand on his word. If I stand on every single one of his principles. 
if that means I have to abandon it all, be canceled by the world time after time after time, be condemned by the world, be hated by the world, then so be it. In the words of Plato, the world hates the man that tells truth. The world first hated Jesus. And he warned me that they were going to hate me too. So I'm going to stand up for what's right. I'm going to stand up for the word of God. And that means embracing biblical justice. Not social justice. That means... Pursuing the word of God over critical race theory. That means standing on the words and on the writings of Paul and 1 Timothy that men should be the leaders of the church. I encourage us all to pray for the new president, Ed Litton. Pray for him. Pray that God would guide him, that God would lead him and give him, um, yeah, I mean, uh, just guidance and, and that God would soften his heart and hopefully open his eyes to what he is possibly getting ready to do with critical race theory in the church. Open his eyes, change his heart, change his mind. Pray for Edlin and pray that he would not further divide this convention. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast. I'm so excited. We have a lot of great material coming your way in the future. I hope that you will tune in and listen to all of that. For the Saving Grace Outreach Podcast, I am Logan. Thank you, and have a blessed day. Want more content from Saving Grace Outreach? Be sure to go to our Instagram page and give us a like and a follow. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Also, share this podcast with your family and your friends. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. The Saving Grace Outreach Podcast is a presentation brought to you by Saving Grace Outreach.